Welcome to Woo Woo School, the podcast dedicated to following our curiosities and being a student to all things spiritual, vibey, and the occasional male repellent tip. We're your party hosts, Kendall and Angela. So as we dive in, we hope you feel like you're right beside us on the couch, joining the whole conversation. Without further ado, let's get woo woo. Hey, everybody, we're back on the mic. For you guys, it won't be any type of break from us. We're still releasing pretty consistently, but Kendall just had her sweet little baby join us, Earthside, and we're here to talk about- Little Levi. He's here, you guys. Yeah, give the full name. First of all, I cannot even believe, not even for a second, that I think that we were going to be on the mic one week after me giving birth. So this is like truly, Levi is eight days old, and we are already on the mic. And so I just love it. But his name is Levi Kent Hannah, which is funny because so many people have messaged me being like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. His middle name is you and Clint's name put together. And I'm like, that's not what I did. Like that's way too on the nose for anything that I would do. I didn't Um, even connect that until now. No, so many people, like even when Clint's mom put on Facebook, like I'm a grandma people commented on there like that's so cute that they combined their names for his middle name but that's not what we did kent is the uh is a middle name of men on both sides of our family so we wanted something that kind of wedded in you know this like masculine energy from both sides of the family and so kent was a name that i really liked so that's why not <laughs> because we did a little like if his middle name was name. If his, yeah if his middle name was clana i would be <laughs> Or wait, no, that's not even right. Oh yeah, Kindle. No, yeah, Kindle. Kindle. Like, yeah. Kindle. Yeah. Like Levi Kindle, Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I just wanted to clear the air because so many people said that was so cute, and I'm like, no, that's not the vibe. So, yeah. So he's just a week old, and Angela doesn't even know this story, which is so fun. Oh yeah, I am stoked to hear what went down when he was ready to present himself. So I do want to preface like going into this episode that I want to be really respectful of everyone's birth journey. So when I was pregnant, my doula, one of the things that she had me do was really protect myself from hearing other people's birth stories, like negative or positive, but especially negative. Not that this is a negative story, but she was just talking about the importance of not absorbing someone else's story as your own and letting that influence what's going to happen to you. And so I just want to say, like, if you're pregnant right now, or if you are listening to this podcast purely to kind of get guidance on what you should do for your pregnancy, I just really urge you to go ahead and turn it off. I only say that because I, something that she told me was like, um, that in pregnancy, half of everything with pregnancy and, uh, birth is 50% the mom and 50% the baby. And she was just saying, protect yourself from hearing other people's birth stories because baby is always listening. And I know that's kind of like cheesy for some people, but it really helped me. She was like, the only story that you need to be holding in your head is that your birth is going to be beautiful. My birth is going to be beautiful and it's going to be healthy and it's going to be great. And I know that's not always the case of what ends up happening, but she really believes in this kind of like manifestation of like holding that positive space for your birth and not hearing other people's stories and freaking yourself out that that's going to happen. So I only say that um, because that was such a huge help for me and having a positive birth experience was protecting myself from anyone else's story. So yeah, so I want to say that. And then I was also talking to Angela, like before we got on that I want to be clear going into this too, what my intentions are with kind of talking about this experience. This is really fresh for me. Like this only happened a few days ago, but I want to be really honest. Like Angela, I know she has some questions she's going to ask me and I want to be really, really honest and honestly not over romanticize my, um, I went natural, but I don't want to over romanticize it being a natural experience. Um, so yeah, so if you're here to hear the story and be entertained, like grab some popcorn. Um, but yeah, <laughs> if you're here and you're pregnant and you're looking for guidance, I just encourage you to turn this off and we'll meet later. So yes, great, great clarification. 
Um, also when she says natural birth, I just want to make it clear that she means non-medicated, not necessarily vaginal, although it was a vaginal birth, just to clear that yes, up. Yes, yes, I yes. I think a lot of people say natural birth and they think vaginal, but really natural should be used in the way of like medication versus non-medication. Yeah. Um, also, I hate the whole thing of natural, like going through this experience, I feel like makes me, um, kind of turned off too by like the elitism of like saying natural or saying whatever like birth is birth Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's all like really intense no matter how you do it and I think that I just I almost don't even want to say natural and like start putting it into these like categories it's just how I chose to go through birth but it's like every single way is awesome you know totally 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 Um, Another thing that just regarding birth stories, if you are pregnant, um, some advice that my friend's husband gave to me a long time ago, and this is general advice for anybody going through something, but worrying about something that hasn't happened yet, you could, you know, no reason to worry about something twice. So if you're like, what if this happens? What if this happens? Trying to prepare for any type of emergency situation with a birth. What if your birth goes completely as planned? Then you, Mm -hmm. you know, you worried all of this thing, worried about all of this happening and, you know, you didn't even have to worry yourself with that. So just giving you guys a couple disclaimers before we kick it off here, because everybody's is very personal and customized and kids be picking their own due dates. If anything, I mean, we out here, we out here, the birth is the craziest, like you cannot from the very thing of like starting labor I mean, you just don't know, like, mm-hmm. when this could be coming, how yeah. it's going to happen. I mean, it is just a complete surrender. So nobody's, even if you do everything the same as me or the same as Angela or the same as the next girl, like, every single birth is going to be so completely different. So you just never know what to expect. So there's truly no need to worry because it's Russian You're- roulette. Yes. <laughs> there's no two experiences that are the same. So let's get it going here. So Kendall, tell us about your first sign that you were in labor and kind of talk to us about the difference between laboring at home and then when you're considered an active labor. Okay. So, well, first of all, we need to understand that, um, and people who follow me on Instagram will know this, and I got all hype and was completely let down, that three month weeks before I ever even gave birth, my doctor, so I was dilated to a two, like two centimeters. Now, listen, we have to understand I've never given birth before. So I'm just like taking anything and everything the doctor says and being like, okay, like, I guess she knows, like she does this, this is her job. I'm dilated to a two and um, he's in the right position for birth. And she was like, there's no way we're going to make the week without him coming. He out here ready to come. So I truly run home and like start packing the bag. Like I'm freaking out. I'm like, Clint, you need to tell people at work. Like this baby could be here tomorrow. And so I freaked out and then he didn't come for weeks. So that's like something I would say too, when you're pregnant, don't be telling people that like when, if the doctor's like, he's coming X, Y, Z, you just need to be like, Hey, sometime between now and a week after the due date, he'll probably be here because I started getting so anxious when people kept texting me. It it was never ill-intended whatsoever, but like for three weeks, I was getting texts every single day from close friends, family, everything being like, where this baby at? And I would just started getting so anxious because I'm like, I'm not like holding out on you. That's what it felt like. Like I was holding something inside of me and was like, no, I'm not going to like <laughs> share also, him yet. As if you didn't want him out just as much as them. Like, oh if my gosh, no If they're impatient, you know, you're like, try carrying this babe around, hoping he's going to meet us our side and just, he's taking a sweet time taking naps. But I will say this, like too, uh, I think that throughout this whole podcast, I'm going to help like people who don't have babies. Like I give advice for people who don't have babies and for people who like, you know, are pregnant or like whatever. But the thing is, if you... If you have a friend who's pregnant, just don't, don't, I know that that's as in our heads, just kind of like a playful thing of like, okay, where he at, when he coming. But as women, we're such people pleasers that like ingrained in us. Like when I kept getting texts, especially from family being like, okay, where's my grandson? Or like, where's my, you know, whatever. I, I felt that I needed to provide that. And I Mm -hmm. was, it was very exhausting. So just don't like text someone who's very pregnant and very uncomfortable and very hormonal 
Mm-hmm. That's a where good my note. baby at, you know? So anyway, okay. So all that to say, going back, uh, first sign of labor was I started having contractions three days before he actually came. And I had had like Braxton Hicks or whatever, but I had never felt real contractions. So when I started feeling contractions and they were semi-regular, I was very confused why I wasn't like going into the hospital. You know, I was like, okay, so should we go? Um, and they would kind of come and they would go and it lasted for days. So finally I went to the doctor and uh, like I had already had a, an appointment scheduled. So I went in and asked her like, Hey, I've been having these contractions. It was keeping me from sleeping. So I wasn't able to sleep through them. Um, and they were worse at night, which I found out the hormone. That's why so many babies are born at night or like you go into labor at night is because whenever there's some hormone that's released when it's dark that actually like triggers contractions so typically contractions are worse at night um and that's like why so many women go into labor at night too anyway so at night I wasn't able to sleep like I was up all night um with contractions but still not active labor so when I finally went into the doctor, I was so exhausted. Like we hadn't even gone into active labor yet. And I was like, listen, I can't go much longer. <laughs> like in this middle phase where I'm not sleeping. And, uh, and so she was like, here's the deal. You're dilated to a four at this point, which is crazy. Like that's almost halfway through the whole dilation in general. I mean, you go to a 10 and I was at a four So she was like, you're out of four. He's in the correct birthing position. She was like, here's the deal. We can wait. But she said, this could last for like five more days. Or we can go to the hospital right now and break your water for you. So she was like, we won't do any kind of like- uh, Induction? Yeah, any kind of induction um, with drugs or anything like that. But if we manually break your water, you'll go into active labor immediately because of like what's going on with your body. And she said, we can wait it out. She said, but the thing, oh, so I called my doula and I was talking to her about it. She's very like non, doesn't want any kind of messing around in the birth process. But she even said, she was like, I think that you should go and get it broken purely because I think it's way more important for what my priorities were. She was like, it's way more important that you be able to make it without an epidural for you to like wait it out five more days and be too exhausted. She was like, there's no way if you keep getting no sleep that you'll have the physical stamina and like the emotional stamina to be able to make it through a natural birth if that's like what you want. And so she was like, I'm all for it. Like this, this will put you in active labor. Yeah. So I went home and drove home and was like truly like sweating through my clothes. Like my adrenaline was going so high because I knew that I was going home and like telling Clint we're going to the hospital right now. And she said, okay, like, so when I finished my appointment. So are said, we in the well, morning of what day are we at? We are at uh, September 11th at, this is at 2 p.m. Okay. So my appointment was from one to two. So once I talked to my doctor, my doula, and I trust my doula so much that when she said, I think that you should go ahead and do it. I was like, okay, like that's all she needed to say. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, then we're good. So my doctor was like, we're all ready to go. Let's meet at the hospital in two hours. And I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And she was like, I just want to warn you, like when you get there because of like where your body's at and whatever, it's going to hit hot and heavy very quickly. So she was like, just be completely prepared to bring all your stuff to the hospital. And you're like, you're not leaving. Like you're going to have this baby. I mean, I've been wanting, like, obviously for days I've been in labor and things like that, but I was just, I was so anxious. I was so Mm -hmm. scared. And so, and it was like one of those, like all of a sudden I got (laughs) cold feet of like, just kidding, just kidding. Like, we're not having a baby. I can't do it. Um, so yeah. So I told Clint, he was like, oh, okay, hold on. He was in the middle of his work day. And so he was truly like sending off emails to tell them like, Hey, by the way, like I won't see you guys for two weeks. Um, so he was sending off emails. I was packing the bag, like snacks and whatnot. And yeah. And then we went to the hospital. So, and then I got to the hospital, they checked me in and broke my water within like an hour of now, being did that there. Hurt? It did not hurt at all. It was just emotionally really overwhelming. I'm going to be honest. I, and this is, okay, this is going to be a theme throughout my entire birth. I 
don't wish that I did anything differently. I just now am more educated too on like, oh, I could do this different. Like I could do some different things. Not that I wished it would be different in the moment, but like, for example, getting my water broken um, in the hospital was just a very overwhelming experience. I apparently had a lot of ambiotic fluid, like more than the average person. So when they broke my water, I was truly walking around the room. Like I had to stand in the shower after and just, I was like pouring out water, like so much. And it was really overwhelming Did to me. Did they break it in the shower or on the hospital no. bed or? So they broke it. They broke it on the hospital bed. Like they were like, okay, here's, you know, but they even told me, they were like the ambiotic sack, it isn't part of you. So you're not going to feel it. It's like cutting your fingernail. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. the, you, there's no feeling here, but just to go in and it'd be like, okay, spread your legs. I'm a pretty modest person. <laughs> so even just them being like, okay, spread your legs. And then there's like doctors looking at your hoo-ha. Someone's like putting something up you to like pop a water balloon inside of you. It's just all a lot. And so, and so it doesn't, you're saying it doesn't come out all at once. You're saying. Yeah. So they, yeah. So they popped it. But like, obviously when I was standing in the shower, it's because gravity is now like working with me when I stood sure. up. So like when I was laying down, a lot came out and you have to understand too, doctors see this day in and day out. So for me, I was so overwhelmed and for them, they're like, anyway, next. So they <laughs> like, thank you next. So <laughs> I just, and I hated that too. Cause I was like, ah! um, like I was acting like I was the first woman who had ever gotten her water popped in the history of ever. Like I was kind of freaking out and they're just like, okay, like what did you think was going to happen? And so I'm like, why get it broken? And literally was like, they had me on the equivalent of like a puppy pad Oh my God. on, on the bed. And there was so much coming out. I truly wrapped like all four corners of the puppy pad and was like, waddling to the restroom like a pouch like Like a little kangaroo joe pouch that's spilling out yes yes yeah exactly like walk me through what (laughs) he's doing (laughs) okay so this was before (laughs) this is before i'm in enough pain like once i got into enough pain where it was like all modesty is out the window but at this point i still have like a semblance of like self-respect you know Oh yeah, we're and getting so to I'm the like that you sent me later. <laughs> okay, you can say it. <laughs> so I'm like still have a little bit of like you know self dignity. So <laughs> I uh, dignity, yes. And so I'm like, I ask Clint when they go to pop the um the bag. Like I ask him to turn around. I was like, can you? So I'm in my own private room, but they have curtains that can go around like my actual bed. And so I asked them to draw the curtains, which they're truly laughing at me. I was going like, to say, I'm living my for this 1950s woman, like, look away, <laughs> my dear husband. I know. Like, meanwhile, later, you're just like, ah, whatever. <laughs> oh, exactly. I was just, I think too, because no, I'm I get so it. overwhelmed. Like, sure. Shutting so, everyone out in your little bedroom. Yes. Okay. So I have them draw the curtains. Clint's like, okay, you know, and so they, they pop it then, you know, yeah. So I have my little knapsack puppy bag that I'm like carrying under me waddling like bow legged to the, to the bathroom. So talk to me about pace. Like why couldn't you just stand in the shower? Is it just constantly gushing over a long period of time? Yeah. So it kept, yeah, it kept coming for like, so I stood in the shower, my doula's in there truly like washing me off and I'm like no like get out of the bathroom like I just was so overwhelmed and she even told me in that moment she goes Kendall you need to calm down like you need this is the end of you being able to care like what people see essentially ego and vanity is out the door we're doing something really like big and spiritual and beautiful here and we just need to surrender to the process and also just your mental capacity to handle that along with everything else. Like it can, it can clear up so much storage. If you're just like, look, people are going to see my hoo-ha. They're going to see it easier said than done. And I understand that completely. I just, I'm loving that she's bringing you back to earth. And she's like, look, if you're already having a hard time, like we got a lot of hurdles coming. So exactly. Now. And I think that like women will understand this and connect with this, but there's this part of you, like Clint and I have the most beautiful relationship, but there's a part of me that's like, if he sees me 
in this vulnerable of a position or this unsexy of a position or this whatever, will he still see me the same? Mm-hmm. And I think that that fear was really big in the beginning. Like I wanted, I kept having this feeling of wanting to retreat. Oh, I want to do this privately. Like I kept going into the bathroom, like pretending like I had to pee literally to just be able to shut the door. And I would run the shower water just to have some like silence and like suffer alone, like literally like while I was contracting because it felt like an intimacy that I hadn't experienced with other people to be like going through that level of pain and that level of just things coming out of you. And like, also shout out to, yeah, totally. That makes sense. I mean, shout out to animals that do that. Like cats that are in labor, literally run away dogs. Same. (laughs) Yes. Like women in the 1800s. (laughs) Yes. Women in the 1800s shout out running into the prairie in the woods to have their baby alone. Cause they're just like, you know, nobody needs to see this. All that to say, it was really important to me in that process, like for my, and I know for some women, they don't struggle with that. That's like something that's like personal to me. And, and Angela knows this. I'm just like, I am pretty modest and I like suffering alone. Like I retreat, like Angela will know, like I, if I'm in pain, like mental, physical, whatever, I want to retreat and handle it on my own and then come back and be like, (laughs) like, welcome back from my mental meltdown and you missed it all. So anyway, so yeah, so that was, uh, yeah, I was in the shower. Uh, it kept coming down, kept coming down. And I just didn't know when it would stop. So then I would like leave the shower and they put like pads on me or whatever. But I was truly, it was coming out. There's so much was coming out water wise that I was like sloshing around in wet stuff. And it was just so uncomfortable. But then it finally, it finally stopped. So, so what was the next stage? When did we get into game time? The doctor was like, okay, here's the deal. We don't know when you're going to go into active labor because again, the baby is the one who trips that off, not the mom. So they essentially were like, hey, this could start in 12 hours. This could start in 30 minutes. We don't know. And I'm like, you're telling me I could lay here for 12 hours and, and not we're at the start. evening of September 11th he was a, we're gonna yeah, get so to this the is that they pop but- they pop my uh water at like six six or six thirty p.m okay um within 30 minutes I'm in active labor so it happened very quickly it was yeah it was like between 30 30 minutes and an hour but very quickly Walk me yeah, through go ahead. What, what your room looks like, because I know this was a big part of what your doula helped you with, because I'm picturing mm-hmm. a medical bed, like the hospital bed. Tell me yes, how you made yeah. yourself a Zen Den before we get into active labor. Like, tell me what we, what you were looking at. Were you on the floor? Yeah. Were you in the bed? Did you hang anything up? What was yeah. what smell like? Like, walk me through the ambiance. So let's remember, I'm giving birth in the Caribbean. So this is not like when you're picturing a room. It's not that it's so far from the U.S. It's just, it's a different, the whole hospital, the whole thing is just a different vibe. I really like made it the room into a Zinden. So I thankfully had my own room. I brought diffusers. I mean, they were truly like laughing at us because we like brought in a real suitcase. Like I was moving in. This was my, my lair. Like, so I brought diffusers and, and and this is truly, I would tell anyone who's giving birth, this is completely worth it in in my opinion, is to make the room into a sanctuary. I made it essentially into a meditation room or like a massage room. I had diffusers going with lavender oil, had meditation music on. I brought, I don't know if you've ever seen Casper lights, like Casper, the mattress brand has these lights that are amazing. They're like little orbs. They're very soft lit, but you can turn them all the way down almost to candle lit. You can take them off of the charger. And so you can move them around too. They're like little lanterns. And so we brought those. And so it was almost like candle lit in the room, which also helps like, again, if we remember talking about contractions are triggered in the dark. 
So having it dark too is very helpful versus to me, I'm a very, you know, whatever, highly sensitive person. And I don't know if I actually am on that spectrum, but like I, I'm a sensitive person to quality of light, things like that. So I'm picturing me laboring with fluorescent lights on was not going to happen. That gave me so much anxiety. But I'm, <laughs> so, I'm thankful that you thought about that and advocated for the lighting because I think a lot of times you can get, I, I, what I hear from women is you get swept up into the motions and like the yes. doctor team starts running the show and it becomes what's easiest for the medical staff. And from a, like, from a logical place, I understand where they're coming from, but you can kind of lose your voice. And I think a lot of women, they don't want to do it over, of course, because they had their baby and everything's fine. But they don't, I think it can be easy to, you're so vulnerable. I think it can be easy to just go with whatever somebody else is telling mm-hmm. you. And, and honestly, mm-hmm. even forget to ask. You're so overwhelmed. Yes. Like, forget to ask, can you turn the lights off? Or I need this to happen and this to happen. And like, advocate for yourself. So did your doula help you with that? Yes, so much. Yes, so much. So my doula, I think just gave me so much education and help um, before I ever went into the hospital that she really empowered me to make my birthing experience exactly what I wanted. And I think that that's something and why I would say for anyone, no matter how you're birthing, to have a doula, just because every single time that I was talking to her, she would have me um, kind of describe what my birth was going to be like. She even had me go home and write, like, what is the weather going to be? Now, was that part of her hypnobirthing specialty or was that just any doula would be able to do that with you? Um, I don't know if any doula would be able to, that wasn't part of hypnobirthing, I don't think, but I think that it was something that she thought was really important, uh, was to manifest the birth that you're going to have. So she had me go home and in my dream situation, what would that room look like? What would it smell like? Like she went through all the senses. So she didn't tell me like, Hey, you should do this in your room. She just asked me to write down in my dream situation. What would it be like? What would it feel like? Who are the people around? What's the temperature? Uh, what am I wearing? Because I thought through all of that, I made that a reality. Like I had these certain socks on in my, in my vision. Like, I know that's so funny, but like I had these certain socks on, I had a certain scent, I had a certain lighting situation. Everyone really respected it. Like they laughed when they saw us bringing a suitcase in, but as far as actually setting up the room, the nurses would come in and be like, this is so nice. Mm. And, uh, so they were very respectful of that and it created such a nice atmosphere that kept me calm. And, you know, and so I think, that having someone in your corner, or if you're listening to this and you don't have someone in your corner, like I'm in your corner to be like, you need to make your room exactly what you want. And that's different for everybody. That's a different scent. That's different music. That's different, whatever. But that was what it was for me. And I absolutely self-advocated and made that happen. And I think that if you can go in with confidence and say throughout your entire birth, say, this is what I want without being like aggressive about it, just being like, this is what I want. I think that everyone respects that. It's just that when you hand your birth over to someone else, obviously the doctor is not going to be like, Hey, would you like me to wheel down some diffusers and some nice Mm -hmm. light and some comfy socks? They're going to say, Hey, what is the best way for me to get this baby out? Mm -hmm. Not kind of nurturing the more spiritual side of what birthing is. So that was something that I, I just was a priority for me. And I'm proud of you for having it become a reality. I know it can be, especially as a first-time mom, it's hard to just be like jumping into the new role of pilot with your Mm -hmm. medical team, you know, like co-pilot. So I give you props for that because that's really, that's helpful going into anybody's birth or my next birth or. Yeah, totally. So, okay. So here we are, we're, we're in the bed, the lights are right. The scent is great. And what happens now? So I did not labor hardly at all in the bed. Once I got into active labor again, once that hit, I was immediately pretty heavily contracting. Um, and so it didn't feel good to lay down and contract. Like I wanted to be walking around. I was like bouncing on the ball. I was walking back and forth. My doula had me like do all these different 
positions um, to help specifically like get him in a good place, you know, Levi in a good place. She like did some different massage stuff. She had me like do like lunges. She had Clint like play with my hair, different things like that, that were comforting. But so I labored for like two hours. So remember I came in at four. I labored, heavy laboring for like two hours. At this point, I'm, I'm contracting, but I'm getting like a minute to a minute and a half between contractions to like rest. So okay. uh, when contractions come, it's like, it comes like a wave. And like when it reaches the very top, you know, it's about to go down. So you can, you, it's truly writing it. Like, um, I remember I read some Instagram where someone was describing it as white water rafting. And that really helped me while I was in labor was saying that when you're white water rafting and you're going down the river, it feels really dangerous. It's really scary. It's whatever, but there's, there's truly nothing you can do to fight it. The thing that you can do that is the most productive thing is to work with it, not against it. And so she said, contractions are like whitewater rafting. It's going to feel kind of crazy and scary and whatever, but don't try to fight the pain. Don't try to fight the contraction. Like picture yourself riding it. And I really genuinely pictured myself riding the contraction because then I would be able to be like, okay, this is about to be done. And then when you're not contracting, there's no pain at all. So you, you have a little bit to like regroup, like, okay, the next wave is coming that I need to mentally be prepared to ride, but I can rest for a minute. So, um, I did that for, yeah, like two, two and a half hours. They come in and they do a manual check on me. And she's like, I had progressed less than one centimeter. <sighs> and I was like, I don't even know what you're saying to me so right now. You were at like, a five or a six. When I had labored for two hours, I wasn't even at a five yet. I was like, I'm going to die. Like, what is happening? Then I labor for a while longer, maybe like an hour and a half, two hours. And they come in again. And remember, this is really intense. Like at this point, the contractions are sitting on top of each other. So I'm getting less and less time of a break in between. And that was really mentally debilitating. It was just really mentally taxing. You're on the ground. At this point, it's so instinctual. Like, you become an animal. I'm not even joking. I was on all fours. Like, they were trying to get me on the bed so that my knees would be padded. I didn't care. I was like, you think my knees hurt right now? Like, oh, yeah. And this is, is this poop on TV vibes? So, yeah, this is, this is almost poop on TV vibes. So, Kendall is the most modest and private person that I know, or one of, and- so many people are scared they're going to poop during birth. And I'm sure that was on Kendall's mind or I don't yes, know. Yes, absolutely. I was terrified. I mean, yeah. I, that was on my mind. The second I found out that I was pregnant, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to poop in front of people. Like that for some reason is really. It, it's, it's a real thing. I mean, yeah. It, yeah, it's not your everyday story. So I texted Kendall. I can't even remember what part of labor she was in. Set, I was like, how are you feeling about are you just ready to get the show on the road and you don't care who sees? And Kendall goes, I would poop on TV right now if he would be here. And so that's how I knew how desperate and how much in pain she was and like how intense it must be for her. For her to say that is another level. Truly, yeah. I was like, I would poop on TV to have him out, like for this <laughs> to be over. It was so intense. Now let's remember, I text Angela this and I've progressed one centimeter. So if that gives you any idea of like where I am, emotionally like I'm all freaking poop on MTV and we have five centimeters left yeah so <laughs> I'm freaking out so um yeah so we get to where they're sitting on top of each other they come in and tell me I'm at a six and I'm like I, I can't make it now at this so, point are you just talk to me honestly. Are you yeah. regretting having a natural birth? Are you wanting an epidural? Are you just like I'm? At this I'm point, ready I'm not. Natural. I'm not regretting having a natural birth. I just feel like this is all much more intense than I thought it would be. Like I knew that it was going to be intense, but like I, there's just no way to prepare for that, like mentally. But then, at this point, I've been laboring for four and a half hours. I've progressed two centimeters since when I came in. I am so exhausted. Like, because you're too, like your whole body is like contracting and you're having to breathe and you're having to mental, like the mental 
strength you have to have to be like, just one more wave, <sighs> just one more wave, like over and over and over. And it be now four hours of the most intense pain that I've ever felt. And then they tell me I'm at a six. I'm like, no, sis. Do this you is have not- an appreciation for women? Because some women like labor for like 18 hours and like are just like, let's just have a C-section. I want to say, do you have empathy? Do you understand women in a whole new light? Because that's oh, how I felt. Oh my gosh. I will never, I truly even left the birth experience thinking of every person. When I was in, in the worst of my contractions, I started dedicating contractions to different women because I was like sending them love like through my contractions as this like empathetic thing of like, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. Like no matter what, like whether it's medicated, unmedicated, like whatever your experience is, birth is so intense, no matter how it goes. And like, I texted Angela after and was like, I gave one of my contractions to you. Cause I was like, I didn't know if I would be able to make it through, but physical pain is so much easier than mental distress. And so I gave my contraction to Angela because I was like, even though she had never gone through contractions, having a baby in the NICU is so much harder than this. Like I was like, I'm laboring for her, for her to go through what she went through with Wyatt. This is not as hard. Like I can do this, you know? And so, yeah, so I was giving my contractions like different women and gave me- so sweet. That's such a good (laughs) idea. I'm crying. (laughs) But it is, it's such a sweet way to just, you know, think about different women and focus your attention and just, that's so compassionate of you to just be thinking about other women that have come before you and other women that maybe in your life are going to have babies and just anybody, you just feel connected to your, you know, anybody that's been a mom or is walking this world as a female, just, it's all so encompassing. Okay. Or the whole experience to the whole experience of realizing every single woman who gives birth is so selfless. Just the whole experience of being pregnant, Lord bless, gosh. Gosh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Anybody walking this planet right now has come from a woman. Right. And I'm just like, women are freaking super human. It's so wild. Like, and not even in a, like, who runs the world, girls like it being like, oh, empowering. This is truly as such a core fundamental level of the strength that women have that I don't, I did not even begin to understand until I went through pregnancy and birth and then Mm -hmm. early motherhood. Like Mm -hmm. it is just like, please give this to a man. (laughs) I'm sorry, but like, I just, you know, I'm sorry. Sorry, Clint listening to this. No, 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 no. Um, But yeah, so so here we are. So they come in, they say, I'm at a six. I, uh, at that point, my contractions now have zero pause between them. So they're sitting on top of each other. There is no pause. I, and I say this, like, I'm just being real. So this is why I'm like, please turn this off if you're pregnant and you want to have a natural birth, because I really support you doing that. But I also just feel like there's so many women who have natural births who like, don't actually talk about the realities of it. And they're just like, this is the most beautiful and empowering thing I've ever done, which it is. But there is like reality to this, right? So they were back to back to back on top of each other. There was no break in between that. I literally felt my brain was frying. I don't know how the human body makes it through that, but it's crazy because obviously your body is meant to do that. Like you can handle it. And that's what I think is so beautiful about women is that they actually can, like your body was meant to handle that and to understand that and be on the other side of it is like, damn, this gives me a whole new spectrum of like what I can handle. You know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. there's just nothing. Like you can't get me. There is this sense of invincibility or something. You are surrounded by armor. After I went through the birth with Wyatt, I was like, I can handle any storm. Like I felt- Exactly. so strong and capable. So at this point when they're going- um, so they tell me I'm at six. I labor for like 45 more minutes and I'm in so much pain. I truly am writhing on the ground, begging Clint for an epidural. Like literally I'm like, please. Like I told Clint, listen, I don't care what I say. Do not let me get an epidural. Like before we went in, I was like, just don't let me get an epidural because I know that I can like do this. Oh my gosh. How conflicted he must've been if you're screaming it to him. No, I truly was like, I don't care what I said. I look at him in the eyes and I was like, you don't understand. I won't make it. I won't make it. I need this. And Clint was like, 
babe, like we, we can do it. Like you're so strong. You're whatever, which he's freaking out because I'm making this sound light, but like we're, we're talking hours where he's like watching me be in the most pain that I've ever been in in my life. So and you're making like, like animalistic sounds. I'm sure. Literally, literally yeah. I'm on my hands and knees, like, <gasps> like, <laughs> I mean, it's like terrifying. I'm sure this is like why we can LOL at me being like, I don't want him to watch my water being broken. <laughs> um, and like fast forward me like five hours into labor, like literally like possessed. growling on the ground yes so yeah I told him I was like no you don't understand like you really really don't understand which I as a person have a pretty high pain tolerance so for Clint Clint was like I've never ever ever seen you like that like for you to look me in the eye and be like I truly cannot make it like you need to give me an epidural so <laughs> one time Kendall and I were taking a hot yoga class and she was like burning her retinas were basically burning from doing all the little things outside in the 105 degree humidity. And I was like, I'm out True. sis. And it, after 10 minutes, I was like, no, I'm going inside. Like I'm not, I'm not built for this. Kendall can go on like a hike and have bloody socks and then just like wring <laughs> out her bloody socks and then keep wearing them and continue on the hike. Her pain tolerance is unreal and her endurance and stamina. So when Kendall is saying this, like it, it's just, it puts it in to total different perspective. Me, I get a paper cut and I cry to Nick about it for like an hour. I just, I'm not in the game. I, my pain tolerance is sub-zero. But it, it is crazy. It is crazy because like we're all met, like it really is a mental game because we're all actually built to be able to experience that pain. It's just so foreign to like let yourself. And again, it's just whether you choose that or not. I don't know. And I'm going to say this. So honestly, I don't know if I would do a natural birth again. I don't. Uh, I'm glad I, you told me that though, because you're just like, yeah. you were, people do glorify it. And I don't, I think maybe I am coming from a triggered lens of like, well, I didn't get a chance. And like, I, maybe I feel like an underlying shame or something that I didn't or whatever. No. Who, knows, yeah, who no. knows what's going on. But I think people think if they don't, they took the sissy way out. And I'm glad oh that my you're gosh, here to no say- way. Yeah, I'm glad no you're here way. to say like, mm, no. <laughs> no, and here's the thing. And this is something I don't understand. I'm going to be honest. It feels, and I even wrote this on my Instagram that I was like, I feel like this whole story picked me. Um, I've never felt when, you know, when someone's like, why did you pick a natural birth? Uh, here's the deal. I, whenever I found out I was pregnant, I'm not even, I can't explain it in any other way. And I, I really am honest with this because I did not want a natural birth. I feel like a natural birth chose me and I don't know how to explain it. And the fact that I was really confused about it the entire time that I was pregnant, um, that I felt that there was this thing inside of me that somehow was protecting me from something. I kept feeling this need to educate myself that I needed to have a natural birth. Like the natural birth chose me and I was angry about it. So I would, this was not some like empowered choice that I made where I'm like, oh, let me look at all the options on the table and I'm going to have a natural birth. And I just am like, because I'm so tough and like whatever, which I like people are who have that, but that was not my stance. It was very much when I went into the doctor, my doctor is like very medically inclined even. She'll be like, oh, you ready to induce? Like, let's like kind of trigger happy with that. So even when I went in and she told me, she was like, you're going to have a natural birth. Like she told me that. She said, we're going to have a natural birth and we're going to try to do a natural. And that's just how this is going to go. And even that confirmation was like, this is so weird. Everything kept lining up. And then confirmation of that, it was kind of hard to get an epidural in Trinidad was like another like ding, ding, or yes, there was something with yes. like, it had limited ones and like to access it, you had to Well, like, yeah, it. this will come into the story because when I'm begging for an epidural <laughs> at six. It's like, no, sweetie, it's actually not no, possible. <laughs> no, they literally go, there's only one man in this country that can safely give them and he's an hour and a half away. So it was out of the question. Was, it was literally out of the question. So I'm not even over here being like, um, and then I labored to the end, strong as could be. I, no, I got to the end and I was on the ground. Call begging, him. Crying. <laughs> and I even told Clint, I was like, I don't care. Call him. Helicopter they, him here. No, no, no. <laughs> but like the real vibes of Trinidad that they're like, there's one man you can trust and he's up in the hills. I'm like, okay, <laughs> really? <laughs> so I was like, I don't care. Like bring him. And they, and 
they said, I don't think you're going to last because they were like, your contractions have no, um, have no pause between them. I think you're almost at the end. And I was like, I don't care. So they called my doctor and they were like, you're going to have to talk to your doctor. Like, we're not going to call him until your doctor comes. So I am in excruciating pain. The doctor gets there and she's like, listen, remember the last time they said I was at a six, I'm on the ground. I can hardly talk to her. I can't even lift my head to look at her. And I was like, do something like, like, like I can't do it. And she said, we're going to have to check you. I'm like, how are you going to manually check me? Which means you have to lay down flat on your back and her shove her hand up your vagina. I'm like, how am I supposed to even survive that? Right. Or stay still enough for that. So she was like, well, let let me check you. So she checks me and she goes, Kendall, you're at a 10. (gasps) And Clint said the most vivid, the most vivid memory he has is I go, are you joking me? (laughs) And because I was like, how long have you people been letting me like sit at a 10? Because whenever you have an epidural, you don't feel this. But when you're going natural, you start wanting to push the baby out. Like it's so instinctual. And, but if you start pushing the baby out too soon, can rip through your pelvic floor. Like that's like people. So when you start, if you push too early, it. How long had you been in a 10? I wonder. And like, did you. Well, that's, I don't know. I don't know. But like, I truly, I felt the need to push so hard. It was so instinctual that while I was tracting, I had to go, don't push, don't push, don't push, don't out, out loud for truly the whole time. Like I was just like, don't push, don't push, don't push, don't push. Oh like gosh. to remind myself not to push because my whole body was like trying to push the baby out. And I was having to like hold it in. Cause they were like, you're going to rip your pelvic floor. And like, okay, so we that, find out that you're at a 10 and then what do she you goes, have to you're move at to a the 10. Bed? Oh my gosh. No, she literally was like, First of all, has to wheel me down uh, the hallway. They what? put me. Yes, they put me in a that's wheelchair. Not, that's not. No, uh, I, that's maybe not I normal. Confirm, but it's I, not normal. Another- so then they strap me into a wheelchair. Yo, I'm at a ten. Like literally, this baby. I'm completely open, and this baby is like trying to come out, and they have me in a wheelchair. So literally they wheel in the me hallway. To a room. Yeah, they um they <sighs> wheel me out. And they put me on the table in a different room. And she was like, okay, we need to push. Like, and this is where everything gets really foggy because it was so, I was so unexpected because it took so long to get from a six to 10, four to a six, for example, that I was like, wait, because I only labored for like an hour between going from a six to a 10 was like an hour. So it was so unexpected. Like, that's why when she said you're at a 10, I was like, are you joking me? Cause I was like, what? And so, um, but that's why the contractions were so intense because it was truly, it was the end. It was go time. Which my Julie even said, when you can't take it anymore is when you're going to beg for the epidural, but it's going to be too late. Right when it feels too intense. So, and I say this, I say this too, for anyone who wants to go natural, the beautiful thing is, it really was a lot of pain, but the beautiful thing is the unmanageable amount of pain is so short comparatively. Like if you can just be like, okay, I'm going to go through like crazy pain, but like for just a few hours, like maybe less of my whole life or like my whole like experience, then you can do it natural. Like I didn't think I could do it. And then it was like, we're here, we're at a 10. And she even said that, like when you're going to be begging for it, you're going to be done. Mm-hmm. And when I begged for it, I was done. I just didn't know it. Homeboy was out so fast. Is Clint standing watching the baby? He's bes- no, he's beside me. So he told me this. I truly don't even remember because this is how, like, you're just yeah. out of this world. He said that he held one of my legs and my doula held the other leg while I was pushing. No memory of that. I just remember pushing and I remember being shocked that actually pushing the baby out was so much less painful than the contractions. It was a relief of pain for me to push, which is wild, right? Mm -hmm. But like your body is ready. And obviously like Levi came out just under eight pounds, like pushing an eight pound human out of your vagina hole. That's crazy. And Mm -hmm. that was less painful than the contraction. So it's like, you're flooded with adrenaline, like whatever. It really, once you get to that point, it's actually does not hurt that bad, which is so crazy. So they, like, they'll tell you when you're pushing that you need to push like you're taking a poop, 
like you need to push out your butthole. You're not actually pushing out your vagina, which is so crazy, but it's the muscles to be able Mm -hmm. to push the baby is actually linked to that. But they were saying very few first time moms understand that mind body connection to push out your butt. But because again, I'd worked with my doula, she'd been coaching me on this the whole time. So when it was go time, I truly pushed like I was taking the biggest poop of my life. (laughs) And I, and I don't even know if I pooped on the table or anything. Maybe like no one told me and maybe I did. I had no idea, but I pushed so hard. He was out in like less than 15 minutes. We did five pushes and he was out. So she did stop me. Like, so I pushed three times and started ripping, which again, so women will be like, this is the first time, like people who are pregnant are like, this is my biggest fear, um, is ripping and like whatever. But so when the baby's head is coming out, it's like when you sit on your leg for so long that your leg falls asleep, you know, and you can't Mm -hmm. feel you're like just trying to get the feeling back when the head is sitting and I might butcher this like exactly but when the head is sitting in your birth canal ready to go like sitting there for so long what it does is it numbs out the bottom of your vagina like it's asleep so when you start ripping I didn't feel it at all so when women are like oh this the scariest part of birth is ripping I'm like thankfully like I can tell you me non-medicated like I didn't feel the rip no so it's they started ripping And she said, stop, 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 stop. So she was like, don't push, don't push, don't push, which that was like really hard. So I was like, it's coming out. So she, she gave me a shot, like a numbing shot and, and cut more, but I couldn't feel that because it was numb. So she just gave me a quick shot, cut it. And then just said, okay, now you can push. And we did two more pushes and he was out. It was like, I was on all kinds of drugs. It was so crazy. Yeah. So he was out, they put him on my chest and I think I was just in shock, to be honest. Like the whole thing between finding out, like me thinking I'm at a six to finding out I'm a 10 to this baby being out was like less than 30 minutes. It was just like, like Mm -hmm. such a trip. And then they put him on my chest and he, oh, so on my last push, this was the scariest part of my whole experience. Yeah, I wrote this in my note. So- on my last push, she said, stop, stop, stop. The umbilical cord is wrapped around his neck. And I, I, I th- there's nothing that could feel scarier mm-hmm. ever. And cause I didn't hear his face was out, but I didn't hear a cry. And so she said, hold on. So she cut the cord off of his neck and then said, okay, we're good. And ke- like, keep pushing. But then when they brought him out and put him on me, he wasn't crying. And I was just in shock. So I was like, oh my gosh. So I was looking at him like, are, are you okay? Like, you know, and of course I come out all like purple and squishy and yeah. whatever. And so you're like, are you alive? Like, and it's just the mothering instincts like pops in. You're like, I've never cared or loved for any thing on More. this magnitude ever and you just got put on my chest and I don't know if you're okay mm-hmm. you know but they put him on my chest and he was just f- like fine he literally like looked up at just me quiet? He was so alert yeah he was so alert because again because like he he didn't have like drugs in him so he truly like looked up at me and like they put him on my boob he immediately latched and was just like freaking breastfeeding like what's up like I made it good morning mama oh, it was crazy I was like hi 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 (laughs) and and he just was like looking up at me like breastfeeding like anyway so time to get to the business of living I suppose yeah what did I miss (laughs) yeah um so then yeah so he came out and they stitched me up which again I didn't feel so it's fine he just like breastfed and people were just like around the room all the things that I thought were gonna be like really scary were really natural in this weird way. Like even Clint said that, by the way, he was like a literal rock star during like labor and birth and everything. I mean, I could not have hoped for a better experience with my husband, which is just so sweet. There's just like another level of being like, we made this together and you're like helping bring him in in such a beautiful way, you know? But yeah, so he watched Levi come out and he even said, like, I was scared about, like, I was scared about like seeing all the like blood and guts and like things and whatever. But he was like, once you get to that point, it's just the most natural thing ever. Like, it just feels so natural of like, wow, okay, that's our baby, you know, and this is what your body just went through. Yeah. So he came out and just, they like wiped him off and like put him on my chest. And Clint and I just looked at each other like, what 
the fuck, you know? We made this. And I know I made this. Yeah, so a birth to placenta, which I did not feel at all. But again, I'm like skitzed out at this point. I'm like in a different planet. So didn't feel that. And yeah, I just held the baby. And then they like they let him sit there for a while. And then they took him off with Clint. So Clint went with him and they just like took his weight, his height, you know, or height, length, whatever, and different things like that. And then they just brought him back. And then they took me back into my labor room. So we were there for two days just because they had a monitor. I lost a lot of blood. And so my blood pressure was like abnormally low. And so they were having to like monitor that and just make sure I was going to be like, okay. They just wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to like fall over and hurt myself. But yeah, Levi stayed with us the whole time. So it was truly, we had a twin size bed in the labor room and me, Clint and Levi were like in it for two days. (laughs) So cute. (laughs) It was so, it was the most like crazy experience of my whole life. It was so great. Yeah. So like all that to say, I wouldn't have changed anything, but I also, I think I'm going to take bits and pieces of what I experienced and maybe like cater it differently, even for my second, like, I don't know what I'll do. Mm Wow. I'm also like really fresh to it. So it's like, no, I know. A I'm, good so glad, I'm so glad we caught, like, caught the conversation where you're still thinking about it and you still remember the emotions and just kind of the, the process of the whole thing because it kind of starts fleeting from your head, which is wild. No, totally. Which I'm even glad that we're going to have this. Like, when Angela and I were kind of discussing, like, should we? Because I, I had just been kind of avoiding talking about it because it was just so fresh. It was like, I can't talk about this yet you know, Angela and I discussed, like, should we have our, me telling you on air or not? And, you know, Angela said, like, I just intuitively, like, really feel like we should have this. And I cap off am the even season. thinking, yeah, and I, to cap off the season, and also, I just feel so happy to have this that I can, like, listen back, because yes. even with, I keep trying to write about it, and it's just too much. I'm like, I, I can't even capture this in writing, so I'm really glad that you like sat me down and actually asked me questions about it so that I have those answers for myself even later when this feels like a thousand years away, you know? Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, Okay. Last question before we wrap up placenta encapsulation. So I know that was important to you. So tell me how that worked. Did somebody come and get your placenta? No, we're good. Okay. Okay. You just guys get a long podcast, okay? Oh, yeah. No, I just was um, checking on Levi and what, yeah. Oh, what, no, no. He's good. He's, okay. he's literally, Clint, we can keep this all in there, in here, because this is funny. Clint is truly upstairs doing freaking yoga with Levi. Like, <laughs> Levi's in his little bassinet, and Clint all is set. doing yoga. It's, <laughs> it kills me. Um, I was like, I need you to get out <laughs> get out of here so I can record my birth story. Yeah. Um, so, okay, with placenta encapsulation, I know this is a very, like, hot topic in the fact that, like, some people will hear that and be like, oh, God. I'm sure even throughout my whole pregnancy story, some people are like, oh, God, okay, that's cute. But to me, I was kind of like, what can hurt? I heard so many good things about placenta encapsulation um, and consuming your placenta. And I know people do that in different ways. My husband was so freaked out that I wanted to do this. Um, But I I didn't eat it like a steak. Like I didn't like bring it home. So what happened was I set it up with someone who knew that I wanted to get uh, my placenta encapsulated. Now you also have to understand I'm in a small Caribbean like city. So Everybody knows like all the doulas in the hospital and things like that. Like it's a small network. Everybody knows each other. So when I set it up with someone, I birthed the placenta and then the doctor, I think put it in. I know that there was like a placenta cooler (laughs) in the room (laughs) and they like threw it into this cooler. And then the woman who was going to encapsulate it, like came to the hospital and picked it up. She took it home and then she came by my house with it already done. In um, a pill form, a supplement form? Yes. Or, okay. Yes. So it's in a pill form encapsulated. I don't know what the process of doing that is, but I got Did about a hundred pills. I can't taste it because what? it's like- A hundred? Yeah. It's, a, it's in a hundred pills. Like, so I'm How many do you it. take a day? So you take two at a time, three times a day. And ah! then like- yeah. I guess I didn't picture, I pictured one pill and they just take a little sample. No, like oh. you take it every day. 
you take it every day, but it's it's truly like in a. Um, I guess there's no way to compare it to like not because I'm like, do you feel healthier? But how would you know if you know? I mean, it's your first time I, again, again, it's like yeah, it's you don't know. It's kind of like skincare or like anti-aging things where you're like, well, you don't know what you would have looked like if you didn't do this. You right. know what I mean? It's like, you just hope for the best and it's like doing something. Well, I guess the, um, the, the train of thought of it being like, it can't hurt. It can only help if it helps is yes. how I would see that's, it. That's how I see it. So I'm like, hey, maybe it's not doing anything, but it reduces postpartum bleeding. It helps apparently a lot with your milk supply and your energy. And then it has a ton of micronutrients like iron, um, things like that, where you're like, you've lost a lot of blood. You need to get your iron back up. And especially if you're going to be breastfeeding, which I have chosen to do that. If you choose to breastfeed, then you need all of those nutrients that you're really depleted in when mm -hmm. you first give birth. Mm -hmm. And then another one is, so in the placenta, like where the whole baby was like forms, you know, um, there's two really big hormones. I don't remember which one, what one is called, but the other one is oxytocin. So it's like, the other one is like pro something. It starts with the P, but anyway, the, the P one, which it's I should hormone? Have looked this up. Yes. There's a hormone that causes that hormone causes the contraction of the uterus. Progesterone. So yes. Yeah. No. Pros, prostaglandin no. or something. <laughs> I was like, yes. No, just kidding. Um, I want to say it's like prostaglandin, but I could, I just am hesitant to say that, but that hormone causes the contraction of the uterus. So it's supposedly, if you have your placenta every day, it helps contract your body back down to its normal size. Cool. So I mean, like, these benefits it just sound bomb, releases so. that hormone and then it releases oxytocin. So, which helps with your milk production and things like that. So I will say, I'm sure it's so many different factors, but I feel really great. I think you know, people keep being like, oh my gosh, like, isn't this the hardest thing ever? And I just feel so great. And I'm sure that I'm just like high on love and this will like hit me more later. And I am exhausted, but this is truly like some of the happiest days I've ever known. I'm not even joking. And I'm like so hesitant to like say that, but I can't remember the last time I was like this happy, you oh, know, and feel it. like I feel so much purpose. And so you know, and I know that that experience is very different for everyone. Um, and so I've felt even guilty for feeling so happy and, and, and for my birth story to go so well, because you're just like, man, I know that so many people have some, you know, such hard birth stories and some people have such beautiful birth stories, uh, where like there aren't complications and, and different things. I mean, they're all beautiful, but you know, like some with complications, some not. And I have felt like my whole life, I've really struggled with when something like really, like when I feel really happy or really joyful of hiding it because I feel bad if like someone else's experience like didn't get that. And I don't want them to feel like, oh, F her, like you're like on the air, like talking about your beautiful birth story. Like, you know how hard mine was. And I have really tried to get over that even in yeah, the last no, week of listen from someone that had a really hard birth story. It does. It is not productive and it, it doesn't help me at all for you to feel bad because you didn't have that. You know what yeah, I mean? And like, I don't that's feel that helpful. with you. No, I know. Like, and I, I'm just one yeah. person and I know we all have different triggers and I know we all have different parts of us that have maybe envy or jealous that peak out when it comes to motherhood and the journey of it. And I, I don't want to even generalize. Maybe some people had a really horrific birth and is just like looking at this, like, damn, I can't wait. It, I mean, honestly, I can speak for me for my second, I'm going to have, you know, elements that you've talked about into mine. And I'm just excited mm -hmm. to have that information now. So I'm, I'm thankful that you're, you know, sharing all of this. And I also want to just say, I had a horrible, traumatic, unexpected birth and I can't wait to get pregnant for my second. And mm, that I love you, that. Yeah. that should show you that like, no matter, I went through the hardest and most scary and like literally almost lost my life having a baby and I would do it again because the love that comes out of it is just, it's indescribable. Uh. So, so I, I know exactly what you mean when you're like, I've never felt this happy because there's just nothing that can compare to looking at your baby. And I feel for women that, you know, can't have babies. So I want to like be respectful of that. I know that parenting comes in a lot of different forms. I just want to say that however you get to be a parent or if you decide not to be a parent, you know, like we all make our own decisions. But if you do decide to be a parent and no matter how that comes about, like it's so worth it, all the parts that are hard 
And yeah. So yeah, I just, I'm just, I'm so thankful for this experience. I'm so thankful. I've never felt more like supported being around like moms. I feel like when you suddenly become a mom, there's just such a gang of women who are just like, you unlock, welcoming you, unlock. you with yes. open arms. You yeah. unlock the key to the club and yes, we're yeah. all here. So anyway, awesome. but wow. thank you so much for encouraging me to talk about this on air and, and sharing this. I'm excited to share this with other people because I don't have the energy to like tell. No, I know this will actually just be this. efficient. It'll just be efficient. I'll so. just send them the link. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, thanks. If you want to know, you can listen to Woo Woo. <laughs> it feels right. Hey, it feels right on both ends. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for your honesty. I love, yes. I love hearing about that. I'm thankful to be a part of Levi's life in this way. And yeah. And always as you know, you can, uh, direct message either of us, um, if you have any questions, like specifically for the different types of birth or just have specific questions for how we each did it or what we thought was helpful or anything, like we're here for you. The whole point of this podcast is to support you and mm-hmm. um, teach what we've learned. Um, and then, so take whatever resonates with you, leave the rest uh, if it doesn't, and we're just here to support you. So we're, yes, we're happy to cap the season off with this episode. Thank you for listening. To Thank us. you so much for listening the whole season. We've learned so much. We've grown so much. We're happy to keep doing this. We're going to be back from season two. Stay in touch with our socials. We'll be in touch with when we come back. And we're thankful that you're here. Thank you for finding us and thank you for resonating and feel free to roast us in our DMs for pronouncing that hormone wrong and for anything else that's on your mind. Um, (laughs) And if you just want to talk about whatever under the sun. So thank you. We love you and we'll see you next season. Bye. Bye. We hope you had fun today. Thank you so much for listening. We're manifesting that this becomes something. So if you enjoyed this, help a sister out, give us a like or leave a review so we can connect to more people like you. Talk to us anytime. Easiest to reach us on our Instagram. Kindle is at Kindle Hannah, H-A-N-N-A with no H at the end. And I'm at Angela underscore party, P-A-R-T-Y. We love you and see you next week.